Hey everybody, welcome into the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs, an exclusive home of Cubs checking. Open online today at wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. I'm Tony Andracki, joined here from in Chicago, and then Andy Martinez is joining us on this podcast from down in sunny Arizona. Andy, you look like you're about to catch a bullpen there at Cubs camp, is that correct? Yeah, it's bullpen day today for a lot of guys, so yeah, I think I'm the, the fields are cleared out. I think I'm good to go throw a bullpen. Probably touch and feel. Probably only about 20, 25 pitches. Don't don't want to overwork the arm on, on on day two being here. Yeah, of course. Like it's a it's a really long season, especially if you play into October. So you don't want to burn it all out now. That's for sure. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So Andy, this was the the spring opening press conference. It was the first of Craig Council, Jed Hoyer, and Carter Hawkins were there as well, and they talked for about a half an hour there were you know a bunch of different topics and everything else but just between that and all the guys showing up what is the vibe been like at camp I mean pretty much everybody is there I think Christopher Morell is one of the players that's not but you know we're still five days before the first full squad workout and almost the entire team is already down there yeah it's really felt like a full squad workout like it felt like today was kind of like the official opening of full camp even though it's technically not till till Monday of next week but I mean, bullpens were going on, PFPs were going on, and then on field one, which was where I'm currently at right now, behind me, about about an hour or two ago, there was there was hitters taking drills, fielders taking drills. Like, it just really, really feels like it's the middle of spring and everyone's getting going. So, in terms of that vibe aspect, like it really, really feels like things have gotten underway, and the Cubs are excited to get things going. Edward Alzali, Justin Steele, a bunch of the guys have talked about the sour mouth that the end of the 2023 season had on them, right, where they had a 92% playoff chance and it seemed like they were planning to go into October. And then we know what happened at the end of September and they were sitting at home come playoff time. That really stuck with them that all off season, a lot of those guys were like, we need to get back. We need to get back. And some of the guys got here as early as January. Some guys like Justin Seal and 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 uh, and Edward Alzelay live here in Arizona full time, so they were here and, and and they've been coming to the facility every day. But a lot of guys have been coming for a while, so that it felt like camp has been going on for for quite some time. And now, just officially, it's just getting underway, just because like media is getting here and, and everyone else is just arriving slowly, trickling, and that it makes it feel more more real per se. So what has Camp Council been like? How has it been different than, uh, you know, the last few years around the Cubs? And I, I know it is still very early on, but like, are there any uh, fingerprints from Council so far around this camp that, that have maybe changed things a bit? Yeah, there's two things that stand out to me. One, personally, I'm a little a little bit of a fan of this because I'm a night owl, so I like to sleep in a little bit. Camp's a little later. Like before, and, and you know this, Tony, being down here, you'd get here around 7.30, 8, 8, and that's when clubhouse would open and, and workouts would start at 9. The first workout today was around 10. Guys didn't start throwing bullpens until 11.15. It's a little bit later. Like there's a little bit later of a start, which I think everyone's a little bit of a fan of, right? There's, there's no need to be getting up at 7 in the morning when in season – outside of maybe a few day games, you're not going to be getting up that early to, to be playing games or getting ready for games. So to get a little later start, I think is a nice touch. The other thing too is Craig Council is he's around, but he's not like super hands on. Like he lets guys have their own, their own routine, have their own system. Like he's not very hands on guy. He like kind of seems to, to let everyone be an individual and work on their process, find out what their process is and get to work on it. He's not, uh, he's not going to be there every single step of the way in, in every bullpen or things like that. Like that just doesn't seem like it's his personality. Like he trusts his players to go out and get the work that they need to do to be ready. 
right now for him, it seems like it's all about building relationships and building connections with these guys that he has a lot of familiarity with. Like he mentioned, like he feels like he knows a lot of these guys, but he doesn't really know them just because they've seen him so much. And the players have reiterated that too, that like they know Craig Council, but they don't really know him and they're actually getting to know him. And there's a funny anecdote that Craig Council told about uh, he saw Justin Seal at Cubs convention and it was just a week or two after Justin Seal had gotten married. And Justin Seal's clean shaven and, and has this baby face on him, which we got used to the end of the season, his, his beard. Craig told him, hey, like, I need you to grow back your beard. Like, I don't think I like you with your, your nice trimmed face. And, and Justin was like, I'm, I'm all in on that. Like, I don't like to I don't like haircuts and I don't like shaving. So I'll, I'll grow back out. So that, that was a little funny interaction. But it just so, shows the, the kind of relationships that are that are trying to be built for, for Craig Council's camp kicks off. Yeah, I thought that was a great note. And, and just that obviously council managing the Brewers the last few years have been trying to figure out how to, as he said in, in the press conference, how to score, how to get runs off of a guy like Justin Steele and try to figure out why Steele has been so dominant against them or against opponents, especially last year as he had this this Cy Young case. So I do think it's really interesting, like what you said, Andy, that he's taking what he's known about the Cubs and a lot of these players individually or collectively as a team and trying to apply that now on the other side. And I do think that's going to be a really fascinating development throughout the rest of spring here. And one thing that council mentioned too during the press conference was he's still trying to learn everybody's names. And, and he yeah. really gets on himself if it gets to like the second or third time where he like isn't remembering somebody's name. But I mean, we were even talking about it in the marquee studio here about how many people he has to remember. I mean, there's a full 40-man roster. Then there's 19 non-roster guys. So there's 59 players plus, you know, dozens of coaches, minor league players around, staff members, PR staff, media. Like, there's well over 100 plus people that he has to remember face to names. And here we are on the very first official day of camp. Like you said, it feels like it's been going on for a while, but this is the first official day. So, you know, I think he gets some slack there. He said he's beating himself up a little bit about it. But certainly, I think that that's one of these aspects is, you know, he's he's not going to do too much right now. Uh, but I, th I think as spring goes on, I'm really, really curious how he maybe continues to put his fingerprints on this franchise. Yeah, and I'll say too quickly, like even just on a human level, right? Like you think about if you start a new job or if I start a new job or if you go to a new place and you get introduced to 5, 10, 15 people, you're like, all right, your name is, what's your name again? Like, what, who are you? Like, you have to try and catalog that in your brain and that's not you don't get that on the first try he's having to do that probably on like a five time scale that we would normally do so it is really it's it's something that like is kind of overlooked in terms of like oh like well what's he going to do in the seventh like that's that's not the concern right now the concern is all right let me get to know uh, a Hayden Wesneski let me get to know a Jameson Tyon let me get to know a Kyle Hendricks so that I know them personally and I know how they work and how they click so that I can get the best out of them yeah so there's obviously a lot of talk about all the guys that are there, but I think there's still so much talk really just around social media with Cubs fans and even Jed and Carter and council were asked about a guy who's not there in Cubs camp and Cody Bellinger. I know the players have been talking about Cody all off season. We heard about it at Cubs convention. We heard the, the strong support from Dansby Swanson to sign for the Cubs to, to bring back Bellinger. I know Nico Horner just talked about it, but Andy, from your perspective, like how much is kind of this ghost of Cody Bellinger still lingering around this team as he remains an unsigned free agent at least as of this recording yeah i mean his presence is is massive around cubs camp it's, it's kind of weird that it seems like the person that's being talked about most is the guy who's not even on the team and theoretically like might not even ever be on the team again right like there's still that chance that he could go somewhere else and isn't a cub but it just feels like the the match is there that it always feels like 
well, when is it going to happen? Not if it's going to happen. And that's kind of the, the, the vibe around it. Justin Steele was asked today, you know, how do you feel about maybe adding a player? Not even specifically asked about Bellinger, like just the thought of another player coming in in the middle of camp. And he said, oh, I'd love to have Bellinger back. I think all of us that played with Bellinger know how great of a teammate he is and how great of a friend he is and, and just how important he was to the team. So it was interesting to me that Justin Steele unprompted, right? It was just, it was just talked about in the generalities. It's talked vaguely about what, a, like, it could have been referencing a relief pitcher or, or, or yeah. a non-roster invitee, but he immediately knows. Like, it's it's the elephant in the room that's not really, like, the elephant like everyone knows it right like everyone just knows it's when you're talking about potential additions you're talking about Cody Bellinger Nico Horner even joked about it he's like we can say his name like there's no rule against saying Cody Bellinger like you can say Cody Bellinger everyone knows that that that's a logical fit and that's what has been talked about everyone is just wondering like if that's going to happen what's that when's that addition going to happen what does it do for this team and I think it really is the biggest question right now because the the team the the Cubs Jed Hoyer Craig Council, Carter Hawkins, Carter Hawkins, excuse me. They all believe that the team can make improvements in 2024, just in uh, in in house, right? Like they they know that some guys will get better. They know some of the younger guys are going to contribute. They know that there's going to be some unexpected guys that they're they're banking on. They're they're not counting on to come through and and, and outperform their expectations. Like those things are going to help them. But at the end of the day, what really really is going to help them is at being able to bring back Cody Bellinger. And I think if they can do that. You couple that with some in-house improvements, and you have the makings for a really successful season potentially. Yeah, it it's funny to hear all these guys talk about Bellinger coming back and just talk so openly about it. It it uh, I only wonder what the kind of conversations are like behind closed doors, not in front of cameras or right. not in front of the media. Uh, that'd be interesting. But honestly, I I kind of feel like now that spring training has kicked off that it's almost like a Dexter Fowler 2016 situation where he was such a huge part of the 2015 team that his free agency lingered into camp. And I remember being there in Arizona and walking to the backfields and Theo's walking with some guy and it's, we're like, who is that? And it's like, oh, it's Dexter Fowler. And they were walking and the whole team was surprised and everybody was so pumped to have him back. And they felt like it was the final piece uh, on that roster to get them over the hump. Obviously, we all know what happened. You know, you go, we go. It's a home run in game seven. They win the World Series, all that. I'm not saying that if Bellinger comes back, it's going to have the same result for this team, but it feels like it would have the same lift, at least in camp, to just see Bellinger stroll in one of these days. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think so. And I, 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 you've been here to spring training, and, and, and I'm sure a lot of fans have, have followed spring training, whether it's reading articles or watching videos, whatever it is. Like, spring training can get monotonous, right? And, and if you've already been here since January, if you've already been here for a couple of weeks, like, you've already kind of been in spring training, per se, without actually being in spring training. So to have something like that, just the mental jolt it provides you, the the excitement it pre presents to you to, to, to want to, to go out and do a little bit more now knowing, like, that you have a, a critical piece that can improve your team. I think that's that can't go understated. So during that that spring opening press conference, Jed was saying that he feels like the closers warming on the off season. So during convention about a month ago, Cubs convention, he said that he felt like it was the fourth or fifth inning of the off season. That it's just the way he explained kind of the slow moving nature of this winter, particularly where the Cubs were coming from. Since then, they, they basically have signed Hector Neris. That, that's the one guy they've signed to a big league deal. And then uh, C.J. Edwards is among the notable names on, on minor league deals with non-roster invites to, to camp there. So the Cubs haven't like done a ton since the fourth or fifth inning. Now the closer's warming. It's at least the eighth or ninth inning, depending on, on how you take that. But, Andy, when you heard Jed say that in this press conference, 
What was your reaction? How did you kind of interpret that comment from him? Um, obviously, spring training has started, so the offseason, quote unquote, is over, but there's still so many free agents out there that all these, the, nobody's roster around baseball, I feel like, is complete at this point on February 14th. Yeah, I agree. That like that's there's there's no such thing as as being having a complete roster when when uh, spring training kicks off. Like we still see teams make minor additions to their roster at some point throughout spring training. But when I heard that statement, my initial reaction was like, okay, they're clearly not done. Like that was my initial gut reaction. And I've seen a lot of social media saying like, oh, they're, the Cubs are done. They're not they're not making any more moves. And you don't as 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 the as Cubs fans saw as. Uh, as you've seen watching any sort of baseball game, just because the closer is warming up does not mean the game is over by any stretch of the imagination. So the way I look at it is like there is still time left. Uh, does that mean that uh, they're going to go out and get Cody Bellinger? Maybe. Does that mean they could go out for one of these other big free agents? Possibly. Like I think it leaves a wide range of possibility of what can be done with while also acknowledging the fact that like spring has opened up and at some point like you can't just be waiting you, you kind of have to still continue to improve your team from within. And if you just focus on free agency without trying to like improve your in-house options as camp is starting off, you're, you're, you're not doing yourself a service. Uh, you're not, you're not helping yourself. And in Jed Hoyer's case, like he and Carter Hawkins are focused on the free agency aspect. And like, as Jed Hoyer mentioned, like, yes, they'll be watching bullpens. Yes. They'll be watching some drills, but they're going to be hands off while they're focusing on the free agency and letting Craig council do his thing in terms of improving the roster. So I think the way I look at it is like, Yes, it's really close to, to to really honing in for the regular season and preparing yourself for that. But there's still the, the, the time to, to make a move to, to dramatically improve this roster and, and go from a fringe, you know, maybe winning season team to a potential playoff team. Yeah, and that's exactly the way the Cubs have to approach it is like, yes, spring training has started. It's not full squad workouts yet, but they can't start their season wondering about what could have been in terms of free agency or adding to the roster or even what still could be like in terms of Bellinger hanging over this team. They can't go about and focus and prepare that way because they're doing themselves a disservice. Like they have to go out there and prepare. It's, it's almost like an injury situation. Like regardless of what could end up being or what a perfect world is in terms of roster construction, this is what it is. So the Cubs have to go out and, and handle it and approach it that way. So, yeah, I totally get right. it. Um, and I agree with you just in terms of, like, the closer warming. It, it doesn't mean – Jed wasn't saying the offseason is over. I mean, in, in fact, he kind right. of left a lot of wiggle room out there for there potentially being more moves. Yeah, and, and, and as we – like, if we're doing the baseball analogy, extra innings are a thing, right? Like, games yeah. going to the 10th, 11th inning. Like, Who's the closer? Uh, like, what, excuse me? Who's the closer? Like, is it Mariano Rivera? Right, yeah, yeah. Is it a guy who's right, right. 10 is saves? It, yeah. Right, is he is he going for his first save attempt? Yeah. Right, like all these things, all these things factor into this this hypothetical analogy that that's going on. But to to your point about like that, the team has to still continue to to move on. Essentially, like the Cubs still have to have someone taking reps at first base because you can't just bank on like, oh yeah, Cody Bellinger will, will come back, and if he doesn't, then you're left wondering, well, what's that? Well, who's on first now, right? And yeah. You have to let PCA and Mike Talkman continue to get reps at center field and continue to, to try and, and, and earn the, the everyday center field job because if the season starts tomorrow, like you don't have Cody Bellinger, you need to figure out who is gonna who are gonna who's gonna man those two positions. And so yes, like you hope that you can bring in another free agent that's gonna improve this team, but you still have to continue to look at those in house options to 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 take that step to, to go into that to step into that role uh, because there's that possibility that this could be your roster. 
Well, as it pertains to this Cubs Weekly podcast, we're in about the fifth or sixth inning, I'd say. Uh, so we're going right. to take a quick yeah. commercial break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Cubs spring training. You've got the jersey, the ball cap, the foam finger. Everyone can see you're a Chicago Cubs fan from a mile away. Ready to take your look to the next level? Upgrade your wallet with an exclusive Cubs debit card, which you can get when you open a Wintrust Cubs checking account. With no monthly fees, free ATMs nationwide, and a $300 bonus when you open your account. Start showing your Cubs pride with every purchase. Sign up at Wintrust.com Cubs. Only $100 required to open. No monthly minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. All right, welcome back into the Cubs Weekly Podcast. I'm Tony Andracki here holding down the Ford in Chicago. Andy Martinez down on location in Arizona. And Andy, one of the things that Jed Hoyer, Carter Hawkins, and even Craig Council spoke about in the spring opening press conference was the need for guys to take another step internally. They're really banking on internal improvements. And they talked about Justin Steele last year. You know, he was a, a really good, a valuable member of the rotation in 2022, obviously got hurt towards the end of the year. Then in 2023, comes out really strong, ends up being a Cy Young candidate for most of the season. Uh, Nico Horner, another one, he, he's really turned into a star the last couple of years. So they're looking for guys to make that jump. But just what did you make about how much they're kind of pushing, emphasizing the fact that internal improvements are such an important par- you know, pillar of what this roster is and, and how this team will be successful in 24 here? Yeah, I think that's a crucial part of what this this team is looking at, right? And, and I think... Justin Steele is a prime example of that, as you mentioned. Like, I think if you went into to 2023 season, if you look back like a year ago, you're thinking like, if he's healthy and he can say put it all together, like maybe he's the number three starter, right? Like maybe behind Stroman and Tyon, like maybe he's the number three. Maybe he could slide into the number two if you want to do like righty lefty, like like David Ross used to do. But you kind of figured like that was kind of what he was at. Like no one saw him becoming a Cy Young candidate and carrying the the rotation for for big portions of the of the 2023 season. That's the kind of things that they're looking at, right? Nico Horner, too. Nico Horner, if you remember, like, there was questions like, can he stay healthy? Like, can he stay durable? Turns into a gold glove level second baseman and, and is a crucial member of the, the offense in, in 2023. You look at some of the players, like Christopher Merrill hasn't been on an opening day roster. If he makes the opening day roster and puts together a full season may, where maybe he can limit some of those valleys, like, that's an offensive piece that can totally change the, the, uh, a lineup. Uh, you look at some of the other players, like Javier Saad, to me, is another prime example, right? A pitcher who was one of the Cubs' best pitchers at times last year. Like, can he put it together for, for a full season and maybe be a valuable member of the rotation or, or of, of the bullpen? Jordan Wicks, Hayden Wesneski. Like, there's so many interesting young guys that if they take the next step, right, if they, they improve and build upon what they did, Miguel Amaya, another one that just came to mind. Like, all those kinds of guys are the, the, the things that take you from winning 80 games or 81 games to 82, 83, 84. Like, all those marginal improvements or uh, – exceeding expectations take you from one level to the next level as a team and it happens every year i mean you look you look north at at milwaukee like who would have thought william Contreras would be would get acquired and turn into a potential like mvp candidate right he was getting mvp votes those kinds of performances are crucial and the cubs are at a point with their young players where some of them are at the major league some of them are, are, are knocking on the door you you hope that when they get up there they can hit their expectations or maybe even outperform them and you have that, that that kind of success. And with Craig Council, he's the type of manager who he's had to rely on the young players a lot. Like maybe he is the guy that can bring out that extra that extra sauce from from those guys to, to, to get them to that next level. Yeah, I think there's a lot of those guys that 
fit the bill in terms of internal improvements that you mentioned just a couple of them, but like Miguel Amaya, Michael Bush, Pete Armstrong, some of these guys who are completely unproven at the big league level, like Amaya teased his, his potential a little bit last year and he was up for a good portion, never got like a ton of playing time. But I think, you know, with the way Gomes is a coach on the field, he's, he's such a veteran presence behind the plate, but you know, he's 35, 36 years old. Like he's definitely on the back nine of his career. So if a guy like Amaya right. can, can help elevate his game and pair with Gomes, I think that would be pretty huge. And we just don't know what to expect from Bush or from Pete Armstrong, but I agree with you too. A lot of the young pitching, I just, I've said this before on the podcast, but like, I really like this, this picture and, and the whole 30,000 foot view of what this pitching staff looks like when you have guys like Kate Horton or Ben Brown who can come up and, and help this team, whether it's in the rotation or bullpen at some point, Jordan Wicks, Javier Saad, Hayden Wisniewski, Keegan Thompson, like just figuring out some of these pieces. And I don't know exactly where they all slot in. Even Drew Smiley, a veteran guy, but I, I like the, the Cubs' ability to compile a lot of innings. But, Andy, as we, we talk about some of the internal improvements, like who are you kind of expecting to, to maybe not necessarily make a jump, but like who are you expecting to, to really take that next step internally here this year? I think the to me that the guy that comes to mind is offensively is Christopher Morale, right? Like, and I think it's uh, it's kind of a cop out answer just because we've seen how good he can be on the major league level. But as I mentioned, he's never been on an opening day roster. He's never been on the on a, the the fee, or on the big league roster for a full 162 game season. I think if he can really kind of stay close to consistent as possible throughout a 162, I mean, you're talking about a guy who could potentially hit like 30 homers a season. That really changes your offense. And if you don't bring back Bellinger, like. That's the type of offensive profile that kind of makes up for for that loss, right? And so that's, to me, when I hear about internal improvements from from in-house guys, like the first guy that comes to mind is Christopher Morrell, right? If he has that offensive output that I think he's flashed throughout points of his career, I think it's a, it could be a total game changer for the for the Cubs lineup. Yeah, I agree. Morrell was one guy I was thinking of when when we were talking about this just as a podcast topic. Um, and I think the other guy that I'm really pushing for here is Seiya Suzuki because I feel the exact same yeah. way about both of them. Like both Seiya and, and Morell, if they can find consistency and not just consistency from day to day, but really more of like week to week and month to month, if they can avoid these, these like this roller coaster ride that both of them have been on yeah. throughout the last couple of years, throughout their big league career so far, is, you know, like they look like absolute stars in these game changing bats at times. We saw it with Seiya just the last two months of last season, and we've obviously seen it with Morel, you know, right at the start of 2022, 2023, at various points throughout the last couple of years as well. But there are also lulls. In, in Seiya, for example, like he was out of the starting lineup after the trade deadline. Like the Cubs acquired Jamer Candelario, Mike Talkman was playing against a bunch of right, you know, a bunch against righties, and Seiya Suzuki was on the bench in you know, it was like six games out of eight or something. And all those six games were against right-handed pitching. And then, you know, he finally turned it on and he, he was awesome the rest of the way. And we know that, but like, it was because he had struggled so much in, in parts of June, but really in like July leading into that deadline. So if he can finally put it all together, I feel like Seiya is a guy who can emerge as like a star. And, and he has that potential. Morel, I believe does as well. Like the Cubs, if you look at this roster, I don't really feel like they have like a star, at least absent Cody Bellinger right now, as we've talked about, like a lot of really good players. I mean, Nico, Dansby, Hap, like all these guys are really good players. I don't know if they're seen around the league as stars. And I feel like a guy like Saya could, if he puts it all together and especially, you know, in the middle of that order, whether he's hitting like four or five or wherever it may be, like if he can do that consistently from opening day, 
you know, last year he had the injury as well that, that hampered him and he missed the first couple of weeks of the season. Like put it all together, stay healthy, be consistent from month to month. I feel like Seiya will help this, this lineup regardless of whether they bring back Bellinger or not. And that's what I'm looking at from like an internal improvement. It's not just carrying the team at one point. It's like being consistent and that'll, that'll impact the win total for sure. The, the more we see the consistency throughout the year. Yeah, it's definitely like you, you can't just look at 2023 in a vacuum and think like what Seiya Suzuki was in 2023 is going to be what he is in 2024, and you can't do that with any player. So that's the, the mentality the Cubs are taking, right? There's a little bit more of a track record of them in the, in, in the major leagues. They know what they can kind of be. They can kind of project what they're going to be. And so that's why they feel confident that like they're going to take that next step. They're going to be a little bit better. And while on the outside you might be thinking like, well, they haven't done anything and they haven't taken any steps to try and improve the team like there's still some of that baked in there's still some of that improvement baked into what they think is going to happen in 2024 all right so andy we've seen a bunch of projections come out uh Picota has the cubs at 81 or sorry 80 wins fan grabs at 81 wins circa's illinois sportsbook has the cubs at 84 and a half that's the over under they're setting for the season so where do you what do you kind of make of this obviously right now this is again what the roster is at the moment but what do you make of it, Andy? Do you think those numbers are, are too high, too low? What do you think? I think they're, like, pretty accurate. Like, if you would have asked me with no knowledge of those what those three projections are, probably would have said, like, 81, 82. So I think it's, like, really spot on. I think the most interesting thing is looking at Fangraphs and Pakoda, which are, like, strictly, like, almost projections, right? Like, based on past performances and what the, the future performance is going to be like. You look at those two, and it's, like, if, you, if this was the team that started the season tomorrow – that's accurate. Like, I think I would, if you told me the season's starting tomorrow, this is the roster, I'd probably peg down the number from, from 83, 82, 83 to maybe like 80, 81. With Circa Sports, I thought that was really interesting at 84 and a half. It's almost like they're baking in, like, another acquisition, right? If you add Cody Bellinger to this team, is this team an 84, 85 win team? Probably. So I think that's that's a really interesting thing to look at is that they're they're kind of projecting, like, there's still something happening, which is kind of the the, the vibe and the, the aura that's around Cubs camp that we've talked about. Like, there's there's that, that belief that, that, that this isn't the full team. And, yes, like, are, are they are they not uh, on paper not as good as they were last year? Probably. But there's some there's still some room for improvement as we've talked about as we've re, we've reiterated and you talk you talk about the potential addition of a Cody Bellinger or another free agent like that's when you start pushing that 84 win where where the sports books who it's in their situation it's about money like it's not just a projection battle like that's why you kind of have to, to to mix in that number a little higher than you would on a, on a Fangraphs or a Pakoda. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think those are pretty accurate numbers. Um, I mean, Cubs won 83 games last year. Obviously, Bellinger was part of that. We just talked about the internal improvements. But one thing that I kind of go back to is just the storyline from so much of last season that the Cubs run differential was showed a team that should be better record-wise than what we saw from the 2023 squad. And that was the case all season. And they really had that poor month, you know, in, in May uh, and June range where Bellinger was out, where they were just performing poorly in high leverage moments, whether it was hitting, uh, pitching, bullpen, whatever it was. And they lost a lot of really close games, a lot of one-run games. And and I think if you flip that around, and it, because it's it's random, because it, it is luck-based, 
I think that's very natural. But then also Craig Council is a huge addition. I mean, he's one of the best managers in the game. Some think he is the best manager in the game. How, how does that help them in close games and one-run games, regardless of what the rest of the roster looks like? And I think the Cubs learned a lot by, by how the bullpen wore, wore down down the stretch last season. And just in general, they have more pitching depth. They're at least, between the young guys coming up, better pitching depth, at least in terms of, of how they feel about it. So I think all those things, to me, make me think that, yes, it's definitely possible and, and right in line that the Cubs should be where they finished last year in 83, 84. They were at like 79 wins or, or so projected going into last year. So I think that that's definitely right for me. But, you know, adding another bat like Cody Bellinger, I think is, is a must at this point. And if it's not Bellinger, then, you know, who else is it? I, I don't know exactly right now. But I think they still need more on offense. They could still use maybe another arm or so in the bullpen. We'll see how it plays out as spring training wears on. But uh, for Andy, I'm Tony here on this edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in, listening, watching, wherever you get your podcasts, and checking us out in the Marquee Sports Network app. As always, we're sponsored by Wintrust, and thanks for tuning in.